Star Wars 7x7, episode 490. Today we finish our coverage of Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company with a discussion of how it intersects specifically with the events of The Empire Strikes Back and a possible hint as to the state of the galaxy in The Force Awakens. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliff from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And fair warning in advance, if you are planning on reading Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company, then the stuff I'm about to share with you could be considered a spoiler alert. It is not going to spoil the whole plot of the novel or anything like that, but I would say it would spoil one of, at least certainly for me, the chief pleasures of the novel. And... You know, the way I go with spoilers, if I had come across what I'm about to tell you before I'd read the novel, I don't think I would have been utterly disappointed or frustrated that that got revealed to me. But uh, I'm just letting you know in case you need the uh, the additional information to be able to decide whether you want to listen to the rest of this episode or not. So with that said, warnings are now out of the way. So... The novel crosses into Hoth, and yes, they actually visit Hoth in Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company, which I can't tell you how exciting that was to read that and to be transported back to Hoth again. What a fantastic situation. And the reason we end up going to Hoth is because of Governor Chalice, captured by Twilight Company, and she's being turned over to the Alliance High Command. Now, we have some of the grunts from Twilight Company accompanying the Captain and Governor Chalice to Hoth, and we get most of this shot through the eyes of Sergeant Namir, and he has accepted reassignment while on Hoth, so he's doing various soldierly duties to help with the maintenance of Echo Base. But there are a couple of things that happen that are worth flagging for you that are pretty cool. First of all, one night he gets drunk, Namir does, with an unnamed freighter captain who I swear to you it has to be Han Solo. There's no other person it could be. (laughs) The person is entirely out of place otherwise for the whole Echo Base situation. So I'm convinced that uh, (laughs) Sergeant Namir got drunk with Han Solo on one of the nights before the Battle of Hoth. (laughs) So that's number one to share with you. Uh, Number two is that the Battle of Hoth actually takes place during the novel, and Namir and a couple of his comrades from Twilight Company are involved in the fray. And interestingly, a vehicle shows up in this that I had never heard of before until Star Wars Commander, and that's the Juggernaut. And it makes an appearance here in the novel, being used by the Imperials, and they uh, discover an abandoned one, which comes at a very timely place. Now, when the evacuation happens, Governor Chalice is supposed to be on the first transport, which, as we all know, gets away. But it turns out she doesn't get on it, and she thinks that Darth Vader is coming down to the planet for her. Really kind of a surprising thing from her perspective when she actually runs into Darth Vader, and Darth Vader force chokes her, and she gets all smug about getting caught and whatnot, and the only thing that Vader says is, where is Skywalker? And she looks pretty confused by that. I guess Luke wasn't in any of the Alliance High Command meetings that she was in, and he ends up just casting her aside like a ragdoll. 
So it seems Governor Chalice overestimated her worth to uh, certainly Darth Vader, if not the Empire itself. But before they run into Vader, Chalice tells the people she's traveling with that the force with him is the 501st. It's Vader's personal legion. So now we have official confirmation of the 501st showing up in another trilogy movie. They were already the ones in Revenge of the Sith that were going around with Anakin Skywalker. But now we've got him again. But possibly the most interesting exchange that happens while on Hoth is when Sergeant Namir is in the mess hall with some of the Echo Base personnel. And the Echo Base personnel are talking about the possibility that the Rebellion could actually win and that they could push into Coruscant and take that over, which Namir is finally goaded into joining the conversation and says how doubtful he thinks it is that the Rebellion can take Coruscant itself with so many billions of people and the idea of fighting in the streets for Coruscant with billions of people in on the planet is well nigh impossible. But this is what Namir says about the rebellion and what he thinks might actually happen. He says, quote, maybe the Alliance decides not to invade Coruscant after all. Too much trouble. It's way easier to contain the Empire's strongholds than to achieve total victory. But you know what I really think is going to happen? And then some of the Echo Base personnel give him the E.F. Hutton uh, when he talks the listen treatment. I think, Namir says, that as soon as any real victory is in sight, the Alliance will fall apart. You think there's anyone in that strategy conference who's not looking to come out on top? You think the instant their common enemy is weakened, you won't see half a dozen different rebel factions turn on one another? How do you think we ended up in this mess in the first place? After you won the Clone Wars, the Emperor snatched up power, and other leaders missed their chance and started a rebellion. Victory always brings infighting. So what do you think about that? Do you think we've heard a very subtle indicator of what a portion of history was like after Return of the Jedi and before The Force Awakens? Let me know what you think in the comments at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, it's your last trivia tune-up before the weekly trivia challenge tomorrow. Last time we asked you who complained to Luke on Hoth that he had no approach vector, and that was his gunner, Dak. Today's question, how many stormtroopers walked into the control room to find C-3PO and R2-D2 locked in the closet on the first Death Star? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take any awful risks with homing beacons, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not an easy escape. It's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!